Hello, my friends, and welcome to the DDP for the 18th day of August. I'm your host, Paul White. Today, we return to the audio version of our 2018 book, Righteous Saul versus Righteous Paul. Here's part two of the introduction. Condemnation is easy to achieve by simply stacking someone's works against someone else's works. And there's always going to be someone doing more for you to compete with. Someone will always have read more than you, prayed more, fasted more, gave more, did more, or went more. Someone will always beat us if we are looking at a list of righteousnesses and works. In that environment, we will always have a slave mentality, and we will always come up short. When and if we finally come to the knowledge of sonship, our experience with the Father will cease to be defined by a passion-driven, purpose-driven, and destiny-driven life, and will shift to the presence-drawn life. While always sustained by our commitment to the things that matter, they won't push us forward as much as remind us of who we are and why we are. We will move forward as we are drawn into the presence of the one who loved us and gave himself for us. In the church, we've been so driven that in many cases there's nothing left but the ashes of what was once a burning bush. My family and I spent a few years living in California where brush fires were quite common. No one was ever excited to see a brush fire because they represented consumption and created a world of chaos. Moses did not turn aside to see a brush fire in the wilderness. They are too common to bother with. But he did turn aside to see a bush burn that was not consumed. Exodus chapter 3, verse 3. That is a sight to see. I think it's about time that the church burn with a fire that does not consume and leave ashes in its wake. When this happens, there will be a light that goes forth from the family of God in which people see no trail of tears, no more dust and broken bones, no more working for God till there's no joy left, no happiness left, no comfort left, and finally, no life left. Your life, your joy, and your meaning should never be sacrificed at the altar of ministry or that of the church. You have the opportunity to love life and see good days. 1 Peter 3.10 We do not dwell in an old covenant world of performances full of a list of do's and don'ts where good advice abounds. Instead, we dwell in a new covenant world of it is finished where there is good news that the work has been finished on our behalf. I think the Bible is less a story of people coming out of sin into salvation and more a story of lost sons coming home. Luke chapter 19, verses 9 and 10. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus didn't say, I have come to seek and to save the sinner. While he does save sinners, and thank God for that, it is not what Jesus said he come to do. When he said, I have come to seek and to save that which was lost, it's easy to think he is referring to sinners, for sinners are surely lost. But that isn't the definition of lost that Jesus seemed to be going for. Matthew fifteen twenty four. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. When Jesus said, I come to seek and save that which was lost, he was referring to the lost house of Israel. The house of Israel consisted of the sons of Abraham. We might refer to them as the family 
the ones in God's favor, His hand and His will. He came to seek and to save that which was already His, but had lost its way. Consider the irrational action of leaving the 99 sheep behind to go and find the one that was lost. Luke 15, verses 4 through 7. I realize Jesus did not call it irrational, but wouldn't you? I would. Nobody abandons 99 sheep to go find one that is lost. They wouldn't leave the multitude to search for one. They would just count it lost. It's logical and economical. But God's love and grace for us is neither logical nor economical, and it certainly is not rational. We surely aren't worth searching for, and yet our good shepherd left the 99 to find us. We are that important to the heart of God. He loves us that much. It's irrational for someone to spend money to throw a party to celebrate money they found. Yet, Jesus tells the story of a woman who turned her house upside down to find her most precious coin. When she found it, she called her friends together and threw a party to spend that coin. Luke chapter 15, verses 8, 9, and 10. Does spending money to celebrate the fact that you found a coin seem irrational? Welcome to grace, an irrational love of God. It's irrational that he would love you so much to celebrate to this extent because he has found that which was lost. I think this is the message the church needs in this hour. We are a flock of scattered lost sheep that need to know the irrational love of our shepherd. Or worse still, we have scattered and lost sons and daughters who need to know the love of their father, which is where the irrational grace of Luke 15 goes next. The third story in the Lost trilogy of Luke 15 is the story we often refer to as the prodigal son, but it is really the story of a father. As in the previous two, one of 99, woman with lost coin, this story is a celebration of the return of things lost, be it a sheep, a coin, or a prodigal son. Luke chapter 15, verses 11 and 12. Then he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. The father distributed the inheritance to his two sons. The younger spent it all and ended up slopping hogs in a foreign land in order to survive. The older son took his inheritance and went out to his father's fields to work. The younger son finally tired of his lifestyle and what it had done to him, so he determined to go home and offer himself to his father as a hired hand. When he arrived at the end of the lane, his father ran to meet him, gave him shoes, a robe, and a ring, and killed a calf for a feast. The father refused to hear the boy's speech about being a servant. We stop there. Tomorrow on the podcast, we'll conclude the reading of the introduction from Righteous Saul versus Righteous Paul. The book's available at Paul White Ministries dot com slash store. Have a great day. God bless.